this is the charisma interview series i am jaleel and today we're sitting down with sultan the giant he just dropped his new single first time and in the interest of the good conversation we had that day i'm going to leave just about everything in and just let y'all enjoy this a bit of a, a good time and a good conversation with a new artist and that's really it please enjoy the episode hello can you hear me can you hear me yes i can salt in the giant Leo, how you doing how you feel man i'm feeling good i'm actually feeling real good first thing is a good day and honestly, it is it's a Friday. I got paid. I'm already broke, but you know how that goes. <laughs> like we're talking six a.m. and I woke up. Boom! Transaction. 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 Oh, roll the back. Hit. <laughs> oh my God! First things first. I apologize for the delay. I actually had to uh, change location real quick, but it was it was good timing. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Word, man. So, what are you in LA right now, or are you in Chicago? Uh, right now, I'm in LA. I'm in school right now. Gotcha. Oh, you're in school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do you go? I go to univers. I go to USC. Gotcha. So then that makes sense with the uh, Taylor connection, then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's how me and Taylor connected. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, what year are you? I'm a sophomore in college. Gotcha. And what are you going for? I'm a music industry major. I'm probably gonna minor in marketing, but music industry is my main thing. Got you. I am writing some some of this down, but um, uh, if you want, I can use this part in the interview. But this is a little bit pleasure and just so um, I just got a new mic recently. And shouts to you, you're the first person I've um used it with. So yeah, sir. You know, just, just making sure everything sounds um clear and getting all that. But um, man, just a quick introduction to myself. You know, while we do all this um. I have a podcast, clearly, you know, Jalil, or you can call me Juju, is, is what I have on there. Uh, we'll figure that out. But um, shoot, man, I just love music, clearly, as you can see, and I've been talking about it and listening to it. I'm actually trying to um, get into NRing and managing myself. And uh, Juno hit me uh, a couple months ago, back when Smino dropped, and just pretty much added me to the team. And so, oh, that's, see, that's sick. That's so sick. Like, yo, and really, you know what it was? It was just she was at um the release party, a listening party, and she I commented like, yo, that was fly. She she was someone got an interview and meet him, and I was like, yo, that's gonna be me one day. Cool, that's dope. And honestly, here we are. And she was like, yeah. I got you. <laughs> like, bro, like I'm just I'm I'm excited. Like, like. I mean, I can dive on like the like some other plans, but man, figuring out like seeing y'all email and then figuring out who Taylor was. I think Juno was about to interview Taylor today. That's the thing. So like we we unknowingly hit y'all both at the same time. Is is actually pretty cool. Oh, dang, that's interesting. <laughs> I know, I know, right? But um, man, we're we're really especially me. I obviously you hear the audio and I love talking to artists and this is how I get to know because at the end of, I mean out of the you know everybody's talking about TikTok and engagement songs viral yada yada but this is the way I got to love Kid Cudi and Kanye West and 
West Side Gun, Freddie Gibbs, and you know all these artists, especially the Here Are You and R&B artists. I get to hear them talk about all these things that they love or the stuff that give them pain. I know you recently you've seen clips of Ari Lennox recently, right? Yeah. I I really want to know who she two piece because I know she gave that nigga the business. Oh, oh God! <laughs> I'm like, come on, who who else can it happen? And thing is, you do you remember a couple years ago they were like, oh y'all gonna be mad at me? Y'all found out I fucked him. I think she fucked Future. Like, cause nah. she seen. Come on now, like. To, to like, and I feel like that's think about where ASL came in, who Future is, but I don't think he's the one that she pieced up. But I don't think it was Drake either. I think it was definitely someone in that, like, that, like, that camp. Someone it's gotta like, be someone in the Drake Future camp for sure. Honestly, I can see it being Meek Mill. He, he seems like the type to say some bullshit and he just ain't said nothing about it because yeah. what we gonna say, you got two pieces by Ari, nigga. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, she's she's in that interview when you know she's talking about, you know. Uh, going on tour, she and now she ain't going on tour no more. I think a little bit after that, or maybe it was that tank interview, but then being on show and how she's coming up and the pain and all this. But when I got into her, I heard this off her first. It was a song with Kaz, and I liked Kaz first. So I'm like, oh, but he, you know, he's featured on her joint. Then not too long, you know, BMF and Shea Butter Baby, and I'm just like, yo, this is wild. And I'm putting my now X on, but like. It was these interviews. It was Snow Allegra. I got to sit down and listen to her Snow talk, Allegra. and I ain't heard her oh stuff in commercials. God, first. Snow Allegra commercials first. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Next thing I know, she's right here with Tyler, and I'm like, "Excuse me, what?" But these interviews and just getting down to get to know artists and what they're making, how they're coming up with it, and just what's going on in their everyday life, you know, and actually care and not being messy per se, yeah. you know. These are the things that, you know, to me, that's what gets you that fan base and that that long time, that longevity that they, you know, they talk about. No, I completely agree with you. Like, I feel like um, there's definitely been a lack of actually, like, I feel like to some degree, a lot of the artists I like, I love them for their personality as well. Honestly. Um, it's just part of the art for me. It makes everything more real to me. Um, and I definitely, like, that's always been the way I've always, like, not the standard I hold myself up to, but it's just been naturally the way I just consume art and the way I like to produce my own art. Like, I, I enjoy doing interviews, which is, like, I just really enjoy. I know at some point, um, I, people always say something shady is going to come out and you're not going to enjoy them, but I personally like them. Um, exactly. Um, yeah. And, you know, I also like mysterious artists, too, because, like, it works with their brand sometimes, you know? Like, mm-hmm. the old The Weeknd, who didn't really do interviews, but it works because he's kind of, like, the mystique and, like, it, I just love it. I, I love when the personality, the aesthetic, and the music just all goes together and it's just like, yep, this makes sense. This makes sense. And you gotta really get a story being told. Exactly. And you know what? It's funny you say a story being told because um, if you go back on on my pod, right, I did an episode on um, Genevieve, mm-hmm. and Loki was is somehow at least to me the best kept secret. I can't say that I heard Baby Powder on TikTok, but that's where they say it kind of like blew up. But I found it. It just they just put it on YouTube for me. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like I'm just grooving and like I don't know if you you've heard of her. I have. I heard of her from one of my um, one of my friends who's like he's an intern at um, Revels because I think she's works at Revels. Mm-hmm. Um, and he interned and he like do you know someone named Genevieve? I was like nah, and then he put me on. I was like oh she's hard. Oh my god, it makes me bad. I'm at work and one of my I put it on just randomly just like I'm vibing, and my, one of my little homies though and I'm like excuse me like 
okay, you got to be telling some girl because ain't no way like if if you ain't entrenched like that, like you know that somebody's putting that on around you. But when I hear her albums, you know, a lot of her being of, of a new artist, right? To me, unless stated otherwise, the concept or the storyline or the stuff that you're hearing is stuff that's going on in their lives or they just got done with it or maybe they're in the middle of it. A lot of SZA stuff, like we've heard her label Wolves and her being, you know, up in this and then the um, BBL and body work. But we hear this all in the music. The storyline is her song, even though maybe there's some embellishment and, you know, stuff laid on top of it. But, you know, you go from something different to, you know, cats like Ka and, um, hell, even Nas, I guess, King's Disease in this kind of way, in in a quick example, right? And then even, um, what's it called? College Dropout, you know, those three things, you know, this is a concept. Okay, we're going to school and doing all these things. But, but she wasn't in school, but yes, he was learning. But at the same time, like, this life like there is no story my life is the story and so that's where becoming a storyteller and being able to replay that for somebody is essential yeah i think like it's very like one album that's really evident like really evident is 444 i had oh my i was like oh my god like talk about a life update i was like dang jay-z like i like he said like kill jay-z like damn jay-z like i don't know what to tell you bro like off rip, like how do you mm, people talk about you know they depreciate it, you know themselves in certain ways, but you know as for as many people that probably do want to kill Jay Z, you know a certain you know former label member being one, like that's crazy. How can you say this about yourself and you are Jay Z? Like you, you know almost bar none the illest ever. Like that's when it's crazy. But then you know he got to be fifty right around that time. Like this is effectively a midlife crisis so it, it makes sense exactly but enough about all that we are here with salt and the giant hello in the charisma interview series this is episode one and we're going to start with first time the singer releasing on january 27th 2023 i'm this episode one first... yo you're episode one my guy wow the pressure <laughs> Oh, it ain't, it ain't gonna be none. We at the top of the year. We about to give them something to look forward to. For sure, for sure. But first things first, before we get in the first time, I, I have to tell you, you know, of course, doing my research, I am looking back into this discography, and you have a couple singles out, no project. But what is the story behind Ride Slow? Besides for what I hear, because, again, I'm mad that I didn't get this when it came out, because... Do you understand how many times, how many days, and how many nights I spend driving around town listening to a Brent Fiaz and a, a Genevieve <laughs> and a Nia Sultana and all this? I needed this in my playlist. Because, <laughs> you know, what, what is the part? Yo, you should quit your job with this. I'm not telling a girl this. I barely can keep my jobs. But, goddamn, I had this in the background. Boom, I'm crooning with it. But, give me the story. What? is the creative process behind Ride Slow. Okay, the creative process for Ride Slow. Um, quick shout out. I'm going to shout out my boy. My, the person who produced it is Arjun Gutta. That's my boy. And my engineer and producer, that's also Trevor Ellis. And the Village Studio in Chicago. Um, I'm going to just shout them out right quick because they help, they've like helped me grow as an artist so much more than I think, like, I think I've ever had in one year. Um, oh, and also my boy Charlie. Charlie knows who he is. Charlie's my guy. 
Shout out um, to Charlie's. But the story of Ride Slow, that came from that came from what was inside my mind. So like I had a lot of experience with women, like it's like the story of Ride Slow, I had a lot of experience with women, kind of like I was messing with the wrong woman. Mm. And those wrong women, often what it would happen is like and right so you see like there's a push and pull like i'm asking for the person to be there but at the same time it's like the person's ghost won't be here for a moment and you still have you seen the hear the tiktok sound you just Ooh. not vibing vibe you just not vibing like it's just not clicking so then you find yourself like yo why am i wanting this but then you kind of go into again like brett like if you're gonna waste your time i mean fuck it waste it with me right yeah mm. It's yeah, similar to that, but in the sense of like, um, I want to like, like I know this is wrong, I know mm. for sure this is wrong, but it's like, I am it like, feels so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I'm, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a human being. Like, it feels so good, and I will make the mistake again. <laughs> I'm a Every fold. time. Every, Every time. time. I'm a um, and yeah, and like. I think the woman, like, the reason why it's kind of like, it's like the course goes fucking smoke is because I think just generally the woman I was fucking with at the time, they all smoke. Um, we all, like, consume marijuana to some degree. And that was kind of like, that was kind of the rinse and repeat, you know, like, oh, let me smoke you out type shit. And then you end up smoking. Oh, every time. Yeah. So that was kind of like the inspiration for that song. And it wasn't even just one person. It was multiple people. And at a point, I was just like, you know what? I'm tired of this. But knowing I'm still probably going to commit that same action again. But I was like, I was tired of this. It lasted for one month. We're trying our Just best. a month? Well, I mean, it lasted, we've lasted a month without committing those same actions. Okay, gotcha. But how long did it go on for? Or is it still going on? Uh, it probably went on for, I'd say like two months. But these are not just one person. It's multiple people. It's like, uh-huh. until, like you know, sometimes like there's always like a fire. That like little like situation. That fire. It burns really. That's hot the base. Yeah. So you don't you, you get away from her. You got that one, but then you're going back. Then you go and get another one. Then now you got a little triangle. Yeah. But then, like that one come out the way. Midday, you actually try to like you know what? I'm done with it. That was your month, and then she pissed you off or you pissed her off, and then here we go, vicious cycle. Exactly. And you know that fire only burns for so long. You know the fire gonna have to die out. Exactly. And and if you're not invested, then what's the point of keeping it there? Exactly, but so is... your face at all? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I'm honestly, I've gotten so used to like situations like that where I've been able to like kind of weave it. <laughs> it's like you know, what I'm saying get, you know, get a duck out. You get a duck out because like, because like, it's a situation where like, what's gonna happen? You're mad at me for what though? What did I do? I, I, to me, it's like, what did I do? Um, if anything, you know, we just didn't establish what this was and then that's the fault of both of us and next time we will communicate better so that's the only blame i'm gonna take and that's that's really all you can do this is it's a a little bit of accountability but who's gonna take it and as of right now you got it exactly for sure i i appreciate it because man you you put that backstory to it that makes it extra relatable you know, no matter where you are or who you're dealing with, even it, it could be that one person. But man, we know that one person is bad enough, and yet we we keep going back. And it's not even an ex; it's just worse if it's an ex because they know you. 
Exactly. They know how to push your buttons, and that's what sucks. Oh, and, and you and you, and we walk right back into it. Exactly. That's the thing. It's like we know you're gonna do this. No, and this is damn. You do, you do it again. <laughs> And, we, and I'm not going to say it's so good because we ain't going to give them that satisfaction. We got we got to be cool here. We're cool, calm, collected around here. Exactly. But off of Ride Slow, what was the inspiration for you to be singing? And I guess now you're going to school, music industry, marketing. What is the allure for you into the arts? What harkens you to put it on wax? Mm. Out of Chicago, of all places, doing R&B, of all things. There are plenty of um, singers and, you know, balladists that come out of there. But um, to put it slightly, uh, there's a lot of missing shoes to fill. It's wide open for anybody to take. What caused you to be the one to take up the mantle? Mm, I would have been said I took up the mantle, to be honest. Like, I feel like that'd be unfair to say. I have some friends who are doing really well in Chicago who are singers, um, singers and rappers like Neil Soul. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, like, uh, how do I say this? I love Chicago. However, it just didn't feel like that was, I don't think that was a good starting point creatively for me of how I wanted to create what I wanted to create. Um, I think I just didn't know the right people at that time. And just uh, coincidentally, I ended up coming out to LA and I had a passion for music. People saw that passion and I started, I kept working and people kept working with me and, you know, uh, we, I got better, you know, like you said, there's no project. I did have a project out at a point. It just like, wasn't good. So I took it down. I'm gonna be completely honest. Um, I always tell people like, when it comes to the music and anything you do, it takes a countless amount of tries to actually get like really good at it. Ten thousand hours. Exactly. I don't even consider myself really good at it. Um, I I think I'm getting better, and I want to keep getting better. I want to get to a point where I I, li- I listen to my work, and people hear my work and be like, you know what? He might just be up there with that guy. That's what I didn't want to get to. Um, so that's the one thing. But what ma- gave me the inspiration to put like like my ideas to wax and like sing them? That yes, would. Sir. I don't. I don't even know what that would be. I think I've been singing. I've been singing my whole life. Um, I did the choir thing. I was a choir boy. I did musical theater. Um, I did the acting. I did all that stuff. I sang for my whole life. And I don't know what it was. Oh, my sister. Yeah, my sister used to sing. And she used to sing covers. And she used to record in the studio. And I wasn't able to do it because my parents were like, you're not old enough. And this is that. You don't know what you want. Um, of and- course they do. They always try to knock it down before we even get started. Exactly. And I remember like in sophomore year of high school or fresh sophomore year of high school, one of my homies, he was a SoundCloud rapper at the time, actually. And there's these U-Media studi- studios in Chicago. And U-Media studios are like how like Chance and Vic Mensa and then came up. Mm-hmm. And he brought me to one to help him record a track. And he knew I could sing. So he was like, oh, do you? I wrote you some lyrics. You want to sing these lyrics? I sang them. I don't know. Like naturally just like oh my god that was the best rush ever keep in mind we were recording in a wooden box with mm-hmm. a like a um the snow the snow globe mic oh wow and like it was definitely like not like 
industry standards. Nothing great, nothing fancy. Exactly. But you know what? At that point, I was just like, this is hard. I'm amazing. Um, This is a banger. This is like, and I loved what I was doing so much that I, I became an obsession, weirdly enough, and I kept doing it. Like, and this place was not close to my house. I took the bus every single weekend, almost every single day after school, after track practice, and I'd, I'd go there, and I kept recording, and it just felt no natural to me, and I just loved to do it so much that I just kept learning. I kept trying to do better. I got equipment at the crib. I started recording at the crib and everything, and honestly, it's just like, it just becomes like an, ex- it's like an extension of myself that like I can't help doing it. I can't help thinking musically or wanting to sing a song or I don't think I've ever gone a day without singing personally at all. So, so what you, you like Frank Ocean, you know, the song over you sing songs to get your women. Uh okay, okay. When it comes to people think singing riz exists. It I would say it does. It does <laughs> but you either you have to be confident in the like, okay, so me, right? I can sing to an extent. Like, I did choir and I did band, but, like, it's because I listen to music. So a part of me is I can just mimic. Like, I can hear. I don't think it's perfect pitch, but, you know, you can hear. So then you hear somebody else singing. It's like, yo, how are you not singing this right? It's, it's you know, it's right there. Yeah. So we could do that. And then we have a fly song or maybe we're bonding. You know, you can make that happen. But then we have motherfuckers like you who can actually sing. <laughs> And then we have this that season two episode of Boondocks. No, <laughs> that's what that Riz needs. That's the barrier. When somebody who can't sing is around, you do not sing. If at if at all, you need to rap. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you, you, there's no competing. I'm sorry. If we can walk in right now, no. <laughs> no. I'm okay. doing Kendrick's verse. I'm good. <laughs> but I will say this. You just got to know how to... Like, I feel like if you start to walk into a club and you start singing to a girl, this is not work. It's not going to work for you. It's corny. There's a way you maneuver it, you know? Exactly. Like, like if you're in the club and lovers and friends come on, you got to have the sway with it. Then you maybe have the homie doing Lil John Parter or Luda, but then you got to be able to, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I sing a little bit. You know, I got to hear I sing a little bit. I, I'm okay. I'm okay. So what is your go-to song? Boom! You got let's say Lori Harvey. We ain't you, worried about snowfall. But you walking up, you know you you know her pedigree. You what, make me wanna by school? Usher. Like <laughs> who? You make me wanna by Usher. You make me wanna leave the world. Oh. It's always oh. <laughs> and you know you know she grew up listening to it because you know her dad was around it. Exactly. You know, come on now, that's crazy. So speaking of like Usher, what are or who are rather? Who are the singers, the R&B savants that have inspired you and prompted you to take this way? Mm, okay. Uh, you know what? My favorite artist of all time is um, Andre 3000. And I know he's Yeah, so I'm going to keep I know he's not a singer, but I'm going to put him there. Um, D'Angelo, uh, Lauren Hill, Erica Badu, Maxwell, Michael, J- the Isley brothers, Ronald Isley, Ooh. got pipes. Um, the Weeknd, Usher, Music Soulchild, um, uh, the Supremes. Um, uh, I'm forgetting his name, but he was one of the he was about something about he was he was really into funk. I'm really into funk too. Um, Thundercat. 
Thunder, not Thunder is is like I love Thundercat, but it's a little bit older. It's a lot older. Um, George Clinton or Bootsy Collins. That around that age of Bootsy Collins, but not Bootsy. I can't. around like the nineties, I think, or like the eighties. Um, but I Bootsy, mean, it's so many. Like yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Usher. Uh, I love Snow Lugger. Um Snow was Snow is amazing. Her man. voice is, is so amazing. Thames has an amazing voice, and the Sonic palette is cool. Um, Brent Fires, um, Neo. I think Neo's underrated as <laughs> a singer. I, 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 I need to go back and like do my research. But being that I grew up in, you know, when he started and all that, that's that's not a that's not a wrong statement at all. I think for whatever reason in which I think it was acting and then I don't know I think he just started making money and he was chilling he just stopped putting out music like that and you know it's just been slower maybe a feature here and there exactly. but like I know he just put out an album towards the end of last year but then he kind of had something else with his wife or whatever but like the chops are there he just wanted to go stomp the yard real quick <laughs> uh, uh, and there's some others. I feel like if I if I am out here, if I'm here naming everybody, yeah, then we gonna have a long list. But I think oh, of course. I, a lot of what I love is that neo soul mixed with that dark, that neo soul mixed with that dark R and B vibe, which also like at the same time, like you know, you have that old style of like the the Icy Brothers. I love mm-hmm. bringing that old sound to that dark R and B sound because I remember initially. So, like, the reason why, like, I think people say it's similar, it's something very similar to, like, Brent Fires and The Weeknd. I hear it, I mean, Miguel, I hear it a lot. And I always thought to myself, like, why is that? Because they're not necessarily wrong. I'm not even going to hold them. Um, and she, my, the thing is, like, my cousin, back when I was uh, younger, my, but I didn't actually like music all that. I liked music, but not, I didn't know R&B nigga. Can I, can I swear? Bro, we've been swearing this whole time. Yeah, I didn't know, <laughs> know R and B niggas like that. Like, I didn't know besides oh. like the classics, like Usher and them, and Chris Brown and them. I, I didn't really know R and B niggas like that. If they and weren't then, doing the, you know, doing that feature with the rapper and all that. Exactly. You didn't care. Exactly. I I listen I, like I listened to like very basic music back like very when I was really young. Like oh, of course. Like beyond like my mom playing Bob Marley and things like that. I knew the the legends, but in present day, I only knew the basics of Drake, Lil Wayne. Uh, Nicki Minaj, Chris Brown, Trey Song. But then I remember my cousin, she put me on to The Weeknd. This was before Often and the one in Fifty Shades of Grey dropped. And she put me earned on. It. Yeah, earned it. And she put me on to like House of Balloons. And I listened to this and my mind kind of listened. Like, it was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. And tell your friends? Yes. Oh my. Like, that's what, that's what officially made me a fan. They were like, yo, when I heard him coming up and all this, the album in um, 50 Shades of Grey, mm-hmm. so I was like, cool, I'm going to listen to the album. I'm like, okay, this is cool, this is cool. Do, 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 do. I lifted it out of my <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, that outro? Like, but but oh. you know why, though? Because Ye produced it. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I found that out like a week later. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, gotcha. Understood. Understood. Uh, and then Brent Fires as well. Like, I've been a Brent Fires fan before. I think when this man was, what was it? I think when he dropped before AM Paradox. So see, like AM 20... Paradox, that is, I think that's that's right before Crew, but right before um the one, the yellow album, and he's staring up into the right corner. Oh, but... I'm before that. 
Yeah, this is well, this is like an EP or something, right? It's, like, it's not even like on a, at least I'm on Spotify, I think. It's yeah. like an EP on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I've barely heard stuff from that. Like I've heard it when they put songs, but I've never sat down to that project. I've been there since the um crew, pretty much. But yeah, and I think like listening to those two, I was like, oh, these guys are cool. And then I got a lot more into Toronto R and B, so like Division, yeah, um, <laughs> like, Majid, exactly Majid Jordan. Uh, you can't Party. forget Party Next Door. Party Next Door is Toronto sound. I he just dropped a song today. I need mm-hmm. to go check it out. Exactly. Um, and then that, and then as I got older, the influences of the old school music, I listened to so much, like, old Neil So It's just, like, I don't know. It's just, like, those are the two, like, main influences in my life. And I, like, usually I get a cornrows in because, like, that's my D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. My D'Angelo respect. Get my corn, my, little, my straight backs. And I have them on all sides and, like, no taper. Nah. <laughs> he's like he's waking by the bed just like rub them shits. How does it feel? He's like, yo, I'm I, I'm tired actually. I'm just brushing my teeth. <laughs> exactly. But when you talk about, you know, the Neo Soul mixing with that dark R and B sound, you know, part of the argument of R and B being dead last year, right? They were talking about all oh, the guys particularly, they aren't quote unquote talking about nothing or they're, you know, dogging the girls or talking about all this salacious stuff, but how long have we and this is not a red pill pod, but how long have we've heard and we sing and love these songs by the women who are I won't say shitting them in, but they're airing their grievances out, you know, they're g- grabbing at their rein and doing their walk. You know, this is Ashanti and Keisha Cole yes. and all these songs. But you take that heart out of the neo soul and place that into the dark r&b and really the men are just as hurt as them and it sounds uh a bit asinine but yes men have feelings too (laughs) and it hurts and guess what we just happen to be able to sing or we're not rapping about it so it's not coming out this way it is actually what a bit more palatable and we have that nice melody under but like you said, it feels dark, it feels brooding, it feels melancholic. And that's actually what we'd be feeling, you know. We have the blunt, or we'll be riding around in the room, staring at the wall like LL Cool J. But it just doesn't feel right. And now we're in such an era where we're talking about this, yes, with the homies, but with our partners or whoever we might be courting in these situations. And we all know that there's two sides to the story. And that's really all it is. It's just placed in a, a new box for you to listen to it in. Exactly. I, and personally, I don't even... The, the rhetoric saying people saying R&B is dead, I don't... I just don't think, like... I think when people say that, I don't think they have a good understanding of what R&B is, personally. Because to me, it's like... R&B is like... Music on its own is continuously changing. The way mm-hmm. I see, you can't compare '90s Lauryn Hill R&B to Usher R&B. You literally can't compare the two. That's why one I call neo soul, the other one I call 2000s R&B. But then I also can't compare Usher to like the weekend. And that's just a different era. You know, people grow up in different places. They're different styles. There's less of like Usher and Chris Brown in that era was like a little bit more pop R&B, which I love. But it's just that's less of what's happening now. Um, and that is cool. Like it's okay for the genre to evolve, and people say it's dying because of like maybe the rhetoric people are using. But I also disagree with that too. 
because it's because like, they're lazy. It's because like I think you're just not listening to. I think you're listening to people who are talking about that, and those are the songs that are becoming the most popular. But they definitely have other things in their catalog. <laughs> they, mind you, they have other things in their catalog. But okay, you don't want to hear, you know, the guys talking shit. Go 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 listen to um. Kenyon Dixon, he's talking about loving his wife. Exactly. People, like, there's other, like there's, there's something for everybody. There's something for everybody. Like, like I, in more than ever, probably in any other time period, you know, be it R&B, but in music period. That's what Especially hip-hop, who was kind of born off of or was built off of after it got established, the subgenres, mm-hmm. right? You have all these guys in... We still have a Kendrick in the you know top ten or whatever. You still have a Drake. Exactly. You still have a Cole who, respectively, they all make different types of music within the same genre. Exactly. But then you go to R and B. We have a Summer. We have an Ari. We have a Snow. But we also have an Adana Drew. We have a Givian. We have a Brent. But that's we also got a um, what's his name out of Silk Sonic Bruno. I mean, exactly. That's a little bit more pop R and B, but we you have Anderson Pop. There's definitely options. I just think whether you want to listen to those options, that is up to you. But those options exist. And I feel like by saying R&B is dying for this, you're kind of like, it's kind of shitting on the artist a little bit. Because it's like the artist is out here putting their heart and soul into this music. Thank you. You want to hear their life in the music. And you're saying the genre is dying and they should switch genres. What? Like, but then, But then when somebody... Like Drake, right? He did switch genres. They're still mad. There's no pleasing them. Exactly. So there's no point in it. On, on, like, the people, like, I think my parents and, like, I always grew up with this, this type of mindset. You can't mm-hmm. please everybody. You literally just can't please you everybody. Can. You can't. Um, Which is why you build a personal fan base. And it takes time to, but it's all the more worth it because, again, you go to have a live show or maybe you have a, a pop-up and, you know, people come through. Those people are coming to see you. They're coming to see your team. Exactly. They're coming to dive in on what you've created, ask these questions, get this information, and just vibe with the aforementioned artists who put their heart and soul in this form. Also, to some, uh, this is like a kind of going off topic, but honestly, to some degree, I also like I hate you. Bring, I I don't know. I'm gonna say I hate bringing it up, but to some degree, it also feels like I feel like it's definitely like race type of like a little ra- a sprinkle of racism in there sometimes oh, R&B is dead. I'm just like well like to be honest with you you're like you're listening to all these songs like a lot of these songs are also like a lot of R&B like they're singer songwriters so they're writing a lot of their own songs so that's mm-hmm. one thing on its own but you're saying that like Confessions was about loving a woman <laughs> like like bro like this is the complete opposite of loving a woman. He's messed up. But that's the like beauty of it. It's like, bro, this is the, think about it. I don't think I've heard a song talking about, oh yeah, I got I cheated and this is it. And you know, this is how I'm dealing with it. There's a different level of vulnerability. And no matter how you receive that, like it's there. Mm-hmm. So what what makes it different from, you know, somebody else saying, Oh yeah. He got me pregnant and doing all this, but now we have all this, and it's like, uh, yeah. why are you why are you diving into it like that? It's it's not that deep, but you're invalidating what he's even going through. Exactly, exactly. Honestly, I couldn't have, I couldn't have said that better. But just to get to the point why we are here, tell me about 
first time. Again, guys, the single releasing going January 27th this month. What uh, is a first time to you? What is the story behind first so the, time? So the story behind first time, that's more of an actual story. I can give you break, breakdown, breakdown, play for play of uh, what first time was written. Run it through. Uh, um, so essentially what happened was I was out with like I was with the boys um with the homies and we were outside we were like in, at the crib and you know we wanted to they wanted to go out they usually have to force me to go out they ended up forcing me to go out fine we pregame a little bit I'm outside and I think this was like one of my first experience um in this and I we're at the club we're at this club um and I get taken by the hand this is the first time this has ever happened to me and this girl asked me if I had a girlfriend. And I was like, no, I don't. Um, and she pulls me, and I get twerked on. I was just like, okay, shit. That's how- <laughs> He's like, well, then, that escalated quickly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, then, that escalated quickly. Um, and I'm not going to hold you. I was feeling, I don't know what I was feeling that night, but I was feeling ridiculously ballsy that night. Um and when you it, just know you, you you know when you just know I just felt that the other night when you <laughs> know and it's like receptive you're like oh yeah let, let me go ahead let, let's go exactly um and I'm not sure if it was the pre the pregame and you know, the Casamigos had us little effects a little uh, bit a little bit and I and afterwards I I go up to this girl um and again I don't this is not usually my language but I'm just like yo you're coming back home with me right and she's just like. Yeah, I'm like, wow. In my head, in my outside, I'm just like, he, he had to hold I, it in. Yeah, I, like outside, I'm just like, I'm that guy, you know. I, I do this inside. I'm just like, wow, damn. Outside, <laughs> you know, he looked like Snoopy. And, you know, he just rolled that up. Inside, he looked like Chris Pratt from The Office. <gasps> <laughs> exactly. And this is the first time this has ever happened to me, and I was like, okay. Um, so everything's going well. Actually, at this party, my friend starts talking to this other girl. I try to be his wingman. Other girl sees the other guy already supposed to come back with me, already sees this, and she's mad. My friend covers for me, so we're cool in there. Fine. He covers for me, and she says she wants to come over to my house with her and her friend. And I'm just like, hold on, what's happening here? Like, whoa. Uh-huh. Whoa, 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 what's happening here? Um, and my friend was just like, bro, you got to love me, bro. You got to love me. And, you know, you know, you're with the homies. You got to love the homie. And then we both went home with the, their fr- them that night. Obviously, two separate places. Um, and it was a very, very fun night. And it's called first time because it's like, first time, like, you, know, you, you like, lose your virginity. I feel like there's, all like, there's, like, a bad rhetoric of, like, it being bad, and it's not, it's not, like, it's distance and that cool. But the mm-hmm. anticipation of it all is so mesmerizing when you let it lose your virginity. The anticipation, the, your brain, like, the, how, like, the, the breathing, the, the, I love the anticipation of everything. All that adrenaline, you're waiting, you're playing it out in your head so many exactly. times. You're like, yo, please, I'm not trying to fuck this up, but yo, you don't fuck this up. And then you're like, yo, anybody else, you start thinking about Biggie, please don't shoot up. Don't fuck this up for me, bro. Exactly. And, and everything rolling through your head. You're looking at your homeboy. Hey, you said lob this. Do not fuck this up for me. <laughs> exactly. We are fighting. <laughs> and as this, no, And this is the first time this shit has ever happened to me. And I was like, you know, immediately at that moment, I was like, okay, so I'm attractive. I'm going to keep that to myself. Um, 
I'm like, that invalidated me immediately. Like, I'm gonna get this myself. Um, and I'm taking a girl home. I'm just like, I don't know. And I'm, my mom was like, I don't know what's gonna happen. This is the first time I've ever done this. And then she whispers in my ear, just so you know, we want dick. And I'm just like, wow. <laughs> I was like, wow. wow, wow. <laughs> and, you know, and, and you know me, like on the outside, I'm just like, you know, we're gonna give it to you. That's what you say on the outside. On the inside, I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just like oh my no, no, God. Like, oh, I know you've seen hoes. I can fix that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm just like, yeah, we will give it to you. Instead, I'm just like, oh my god, this shit is actually about to happen. There's no way this shit is gonna happen. Pause. Is this in Chicago or LA? This is LA. Bitch. Oh, man. <laughs> Do your thing, dog. <laughs> uh, and all the whole time, like my my brain is like moving at an hour per minute. I'm like, do I have a condom? Will I need a condom? Maybe she's joking. Maybe this is that. He said, well, I need a condom. <laughs> no, she just, I mean, be safe. Everybody listening. Be safe. Don't wrap it up. Don't be safe. Wrap it up. But I digress. <laughs> She's, yo, she sat there and told you that in your ear. Man, no condos were out the window when you met her. <laughs> oh, and we're walking back, walking into my house. And we're just like, this light conversation. Nothing crazy, but, you know, the light conversation. And we're inside my room. And, you know, all that anticipation, it got to go somewhere. And... Boom. <laughs> Shit starts hitting the fan. And it was definitely a bop, bit... bop, bop. Boom, we good. Exactly. And that was just like, nah. And, that, and then immediately I was like, making it feel like the first time it's easy. Because it's like, it's hard to replicate that anticipation and the feels. Personally, my first time was great. But it's like, it's hard to replicate that like type of anticipation. And so to actually get that years it's, later after it, you've already had it, this experience, it's like, damn, you think like, nothing can like get you again, but you're like, damn. And then that's how you get suckered in. And now, remember that little flame you were talking about earlier? Yeah. You, you might fuck around and find yourself in that cycle, but damn, why? Because yeah, it, it got you. Exactly. Um, yeah, and the, the first, the lines I entered that song with, those lines were probably the most true lines of that whole night. Um, the, the, the lines are like, had my eyes back in my head. Take that as you want to. Um, use context clues if you want to. Yeah, um, and that's how that night ended. And I was like, nah, that was the first, that was incredible. And the next morning, me and my homie just looked at each other like, did we actually do that shit? Because <laughs> it's like, Wow! It's, every time, don't know. Every time you wake up and it was like, "Yo, this is like some." Wild, you wake up, it's like that really happened though. Sorry. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, can I can hear you? Oh uh, yeah, sorry. I think one of, someone called called through. Gotcha. Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and that should just really happen, and that's how first time got made. That's how I got cut. I got you. So. I have listened to the master version, the first master. Is this going to be the main one that's going to be out or is it going to sound different on the release? That's going to be the main one that's going to be out. Got you. So when I hear it, I do hear, well, now listening to you, hearing your voice like in a non-singing uh, lens, I hear that you are what what younger, but, you know, there's a, um, I don't want to say green, but for lack of term, yes, green. But I can also hear how you go into your singing voice, as anybody does. But the song, it sounds, um, it sounds naive. It sounds disjointed. It sounds like a first time. You, it feels like you didn't know what to do, but you're kind of flowing with it. You're trying to figure it out. Exactly. But 
then you put the context of, you know, one that night, but then now I guess you can say the double entendre of your actual first time. These are a lot of feelings and emotions and especially being young, but then to feel like we know how to deal with them being older and more experienced, being, you know, some the wiser and still somehow being none. It's a a feeling that is irreplaceable, but I can hear this throughout the whole song. And that goes with the cheeky bars, you know, I'm gonna wrap it up and, you know, but it feels, it feels fun. It feels like it doesn't take itself too serious, but it is serious because this is a serious, these are serious moments that we encounter in our lives. And clearly that one sounded, you know, like it was, you know, it was a heavy one, right? Yeah. I can, let me say first, you know, anybody that hears me or comes on to Purple Room Reviews and the Charisma interview series, we are all appreciative of anybody putting their feelings and their soul to song or any artistic medium and to want to be a new artist and express this type of sentiment, you know, this early in your career, I am the most appreciative of you. And it does makes me excited to hear what you have for us next. Thank you. Uh, we got some stuff lined up next. I do think I what's one thing like you, you mentioned like some like innocence um, to like the tone of my voice. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing like I'm kind of happy with. It's it, not like happy with in the sense of like, obviously I'm going to get better um, as I keep making music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, but there's something about that innocence. Like even when I hear it in my voice that it makes me feel comfortable, it makes me feel comfortable. Also makes me feel real. I think, yeah. especially with entering that, like if you're making dark R and B or Nielsen R and B, you might like, it needs to fall into the trap of like wanting to sound like some wanting to sound cool. Wanting yeah. to wanting to sound cool as like because everyone wants to be like cool and Brent Fires is seem like a cool dude. All of them seem like real cool people. But if that's not you, be you. You know, um, exactly. I personally believe I'm a very cool person, but I also know like I'm kind of like I have that like charismatic side of my personality. And there's some things that I'm just like, oh my god, I've never experienced that before. And that's kind of like sometimes how the tone of my voice comes off of. I sound really innocent, and it's because I'm honestly like maybe not a super innocent person. But I'm not gonna act like nonchalant. I'm not a nonchalant person, just generally. Mm-hmm. So like you will like you will not hear that tone in my voice when I'm singing that I'm nonchalant. Do you think it changes? Have you performed live at all? Yeah, I perform live a bunch of times. Does it changes like live compared to songs? Like uh the tone of my voice or what? Yeah, or like are you able to like kind of um control it in a way when you're singing live? Uh yes. I mean Yes, if I, it depends on what the song I'm singing. If I'm singing a cover, then it's like then it's like a little bit less out in my control. Yeah. Um, but if I'm singing one of my own songs, I can control it. But I think one of the things for me is it's like I like to sound like I like the live to sound like the recording. Um, so if I like if you like the recording, then you like how it sounds live. Um, that's just how it's gonna be. Um, and there's times like I I can I have like I have a rasp in my voice sometimes when I feel like the need to add it. Mm-hmm. But especially yeah. if, you, if you like come right onto the stage or something or go into the booth after smoking or something, you know, that always sits right there. Exactly. Um, but yeah. Um, I just thought that was really interesting because I was like, yeah, like I, I, I'll be noticing that too. Um, 
one thing I think about when, because you say that, and especially if you feel comfortable, you know, with your voice and whatnot, that again gets me excited to think about where your, I won't say your career particularly, but your music goes because a lot of times, you know, like you said, you're dealing with certain situations on ride slow, right? But then you're kind of in a optimistic uh, state of mind on first time and reminiscing in those feelings. Now, I wish nothing ill, you know, upon you, but man, you're going to meet that one chick or something. I know. And I know. it's going to make that voice go deep. It is going to make the music darker. And um, fortunately, unfortunately, I can't wait because I'm going to love to hear that contrast, especially if like it happens within an album or, you know, in a couple singles time. Like that's going to be that's that's that character development that I enjoy seeing from my artists and the people that I'm listening to, because it shows that growth. And I mean, in those kind of things, it shows that pain and what people get through to be who they are at that moment. Yeah, my friends keep on making a joke because I've never fallen in love with someone romantically before. And they keep making the joke like the moment I do, if I get heartbroken, they said I'm going to oh. make the best music of my life. <laughs> I promise you, I, oh my God. Like, it, since you, you've never been in love? Romantically, no. That's why that flame was so scary. You kept getting burned a little bit. You know, it's like, Ugh, I don't know about this, man. <laughs> exactly. But man, I can, if if anything, as someone, I I think I will eventually die. will end up making music somehow. But just in everything that I'm doing, I can attest to it, man. There's, there's been a different kind of fire under me that now that I'm, have been removed from my ex and whatnot. And now soon enough we won't be even be in contact with each other but i'm getting to the bag for lack of term so i i mean there's something to look forward to but also if you is an idealist act like you did get your heart broken and see what that sounds like it's 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 weird because you're thinking of like i know we all like I'm sure you've been on TikTok like, man, if somebody did this to me, you've seen all these stories of these questions and, you know, these crazy ass, you know, uh, pranks and all that. You're like, yo, you start overthinking and just like existential. Oh, my God. It's it's wild. Imagine what that sounds like. For sure. I'm, I'm a, I might get into that element, that bag, that like mindset. It's, it's, it's crazy. But is there anything you would like to cover today? What do you mean? Is there anything you want to talk about? Bring up, tell, talk to the fans about, open them up. Um, I mean, I think it's I like. This is what I like to say. Um, my thing is like, I never like personally. Ne- try to be who you are. Um, it's really cool to. It's really easy and really cool to fall into the trap of becoming the artist you artist you listen to. I listen to Future. I listen to Breath Eyes. Listen to The Weekend. I listen to all of them. But at the end of the day, it's like. Their lives are not my lives. Um, and while I can, like, while like, I enjoy their music, I can't have the same, like, their way they out, they see the life and the way they interact with life works for them. It is not going to work with everybody. Um, I think a lot of people think, like, they see, like, a lot of artists, especially just for artists, like, they see a lot of artists and think, like, oh, they didn't really try that hard. Like, it came really naturally. Everything, it just came. Like, no, that's never what happens. Usually what happens is a nigga is grinding crazy. A nigga is grinding for years on time. And then they find they finally they finally get that little break. And that little break leads to more little breaks. And then it leads to a bigger break. 
That's how it Every generally time. works out. So if you're an artist and you think like, oh, I can, it's chill, like it'll all come natural. I don't have to work for it. I don't have to do this. I don't have to make this post. I don't have to, you will, you do. Everyone that has done it before you is kind of like with everything, with every job, because being an artist is still kind of a job. Um, oh, God. You, you, you have to work hard for it. And you have to be consistent with it. And you have to, you know, at every day, every time you check into that studio, you have to check your ego at the door because that's the only way you can get good music, by checking your ego at the door. Honestly, because, I mean, from, you say, I know you said you ran track. I used to as well. But playing football, you know, going from that high school to a uh, collegiate level, you know, this is where everybody is good. This is music. Everybody, exactly. whether, you know, whether it's somebody, what, don't write their raps or own songs. No, they can perform that song. They have the charisma to perform or record this song. Or these people, they do, they are writing the lyrics and producing this and performing this and doing all this. If not as good as you, probably better than you. So we can learn from all of that. But guess what? If you do learn, it's only going to make you that much greater. Exactly. Well, Sultan, the giant, I have had an amazing time speaking with you today. I am looking forward to first time dropping on January 27th. Now, go ahead and give everybody your socials and where they can find you and your music. Oh, uh, I just want to say likewise. Thank you so much for uh, giving me the opportunity to be on here and talk to you and really talk about music. Um, man, thank you for being right here with us, man. Of course. Um, my socials um, on my Instagram is Sultan the Giant. S U L T A N T H E G I A N T, all one word. Um, my Twitter is Sultan the Giant. Same thing. My TikTok, same thing. And my Spotify and Apple Music is the same thing. I use that same username everywhere. Everywhere. Real quick before I let you go, where does the name Salton the Giant come from? Um, I'm tall, and it comes from my sister. My sister's really so my sister, like I was going through a lot of artist names, and my sister's, why don't you just go with Sultan the Giant? And I was just like, you know what? Fine, I'm gonna use it as a filler name. And I've not changed that name since, so it kind of stuck. How tall are you? I'm like six three. Oh, see, that's why homegirl, she she looked up at you and was like, oh, she pulled your hair down and said, yo, we both want it. <laughs> but shoot, man, it was a pleasure talking to you today. Anybody, if this is for the artists and anybody working, man, if you would like to get an interview, you want help with a rollout, a single, a write-up, a profile. I think that's the sound of the police. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 don't worry I'm ending it now y'all don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> but please reach out to the Charisma Collective and that is Charisma with a K on Instagram and soon enough on TikTok and we do have a website coming you can find me at Jalil PR2X on Instagram you can see me at Yellow Buffalo with two L's on Twitter and you can find me or any of us at Charisma at charisma collective at gmail.com you can find my email on my profiles because i'm not going to recite it anymore <laughs> but please reach out i want to hear your music we want to hear your music salt in the giant it was a pleasure having you here today and speaking with you and i wish you nothing but the best and i look forward to working with you taylor and everybody in the future 
Thank you so much. And same to you. Y'all, y'all need to reach out and for support. Hey, here's the thing, and this is this is I guess this is kind of being exclusive. I'm moving to LA in March. Oh, really? Soon after um South by Southwest. So I I hear the the work and the ambition and just the the, the creative juices flowing and I can't wait to entrench myself in it with everybody. Yeah, I mean we're going it's gonna be a welcome. Uh come to a free ninety nine event if you can and we'll see you. Say less. And on that note, we are out of here. I don't have an outro for this series yet, but understand we do this under purple lights. Sultan the Giant is still so motherfucking nice. This has been the Charisma interview series. Thank you. Thank you.